Welcome back to another edition of The Zone with J.D. Dugan live on the No Filter Network. It's Monday morning. Got to dive right into the sports talk today. A lot of stuff going on in the world. If you missed my rant from Friday's show on the Rico and J.D. show to start the show, I suggested don't spend too much time on social media right now. Don't digest too much information of everything going on in the world at once right now. Just uh, enjoy the fresh air. Get out, do your thing. Anyways, right into the sports talk. Thank you, as always, to everybody watching on the No Filter Network or listening later on Spotify. Okay, so today it's going to be a little one of those days where I do a little ranting. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm going to try not to rant the whole show, but we're going to start out with a little rant here. So I'm going to start this. We're going to talk a little MLB lockout. There is rumors they might still get a deal done. To save opening day. At this point, it's not looking too good. And I try to be understanding when it comes to business and all these kind of things. I understand. People make mistakes. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say this. I love baseball. It was the first sport that I really loved growing up. Baseball is my thing. I love basketball. love football. played a little soccer. Did a little wrestling here and there. I did it all. Just having fun with it. But baseball was the sport where if you would have asked me, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Play baseball would have been my answer for a long time. And I love the game. So I grew up in family. Baseball is life. And the reason I backed it up is because I'm about to grill the MLB. And I need to make it clear. It's not because I have any problem with professional. It's not because I don't have love for the game of baseball. It's because I have a problem right now with the organization of professional baseball, major league baseball. They need to be held accountable. Because they've really done this to the image of the game over the last couple decades. We're going to run through some of the scandals where we're at now. And then I am going to transition to a little bit more positive note in the MLB. Talk some of the game's top prospects to try to shed some light and get back to real MLB talk. So since the 80s, we've had the Pete Rose scandal, the 1994 MLB strike, the McGuire-Sosa steroid allegations, the Balco drama, the Mitchell report. The league reportedly added juiced balls around 2015 to increase home runs. We've had the Astros sign-stealing scandal, the Cardinals hacking scandal. There was a scandal that broke out about foreign substances on baseballs, and not to mention right now, Los Angeles Angels close to home. I'm an Anaheim Angels fan, I'll always say. They have some stuff going on that went on in their locker room, some drug use. Not going to dive into that on the show today, but it's a terrible story. So, and then to top it all off, the MLB Hall of Fame is a mess. So I don't know how many things I just named, but it's way too many. And now let's just sprinkle a little something extra in there. They're locked out right now. And they arguably have some of the best talent they've had in the last couple decades. Mike Trout, Otani, Tatis, Mookie Betts, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, Acuna, Bryce Harper, DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw still floating around. We're wasting these guys primes by with these shortened seasons, it's a disservice to the fans. It's a disservice to the players. It's a disservice to the game. If the players don't want to do the 162 games anymore, that's one thing. Maybe that eventually will change. But as far as putting them on the field, making it work, but the pandemic, we lost time. Now with the lockout, we lost time. This has been a great class of, you know, not class, I should say a great era of baseball, but we haven't got to see it fully shine because of some issues. So, I still love the game. The game has star power right now. 
why make the focus all the wrong reasons? I've had this rant before, but I really had to go into it today because here we are. Spring training should be going. I know it's not the biggest story in sports spring training, but in the baseball community, baseball fans, the next generation of baseball fans, those things are important. And when the game's not being played and it's for the wrong reasons like this, it's just hard for me to sit back and not say something. Like I said, a lot of love for the game of baseball, but that's nearly 15 scandals or controversies in the last 30 years. I mean, it is what it is. I still think the game itself is a great game. Major League Baseball is an organization. I still will watch. I'm a fan. At the same time, they need to be held accountable. It's getting to the point where their track record speaks for itself. It's more of a matter of what's next. I mean, it's just what's next at this point. So that being said, I will shed a little light on some of the breakout players potentially for 2022 once this season does get going i'm gonna give five players to keep an eye on this season in the mlb to break out and then we'll move it into a little bit of nfl talk keeping the grilling going today got chef jd out and i'm just grilling today all right because nfl about to grill i'm ready to get into that right now but we're gonna hold off okay so Five players to keep an eye on could jump out of stars this year. Number one, Adley Rushman, catcher on the Orioles. Scouts say this kid could be the next big-time backstop in the league, one of the premier catchers down the road. He's in the Rookie of the Year talks already if he gets the at-bats. And um, catcher's a tough spot where if you're a rookie and you can deliver from day one as a catcher and perform behind the plate, that says a lot. I'm interested to keep an eye on this kid. Number two, O'Neal Cruz. Six foot seven shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates has power, great arm. How often do you hear that? I, I mean, I can't think of many middle infielders other than A Rod, Cal Ripken, Correa. There's not a lot of dudes that are big, let alone six seven. That's like power forward size, small forward size. So I'm interested to see O'Neill Cruz over in Pittsburgh if he starts the season as their starting shortstop. We don't know yet. Once he gets up there, He's going to be a player to watch. If he finds that rhythm, could be a star, especially with that kind of one-of-a-kind, unique size in the middle infield. Next on the list, for anybody who likes pitching, Nate Pearson, Blue Jays. He's coming off some injuries the last few years. He's one of those dudes, though, he throws 102, straight up lights it up, filthy stuff on the side as far as his uh, breaking balls and stuff. His big thing is command, staying healthy, finding – probably that rhythm of how to be a pitcher rather than going out there every time and just trying to throw as hard as you can because you got to save your arm and find that balance so he'll if he gets it together though it's not every day you have those guys with that kind of talent so i'm interested to see nate pearson of the blue jays nolan gorman st louis cardinals everything i've heard about this kid is he flat out rakes a couple years ago when the lockout was first getting going and the pandemic was going i should say the lockdown excuse me Definitely picked up the sticks a little with no baseball in my life. Played some MLB The Show. And this kid was just crushing me. So I definitely did my research a couple years ago. And I've been keeping an eye on him. And it seems like it's time for him to get into the big leagues. It's kind of funny how you could use anything in the sports world as a tool if you do your homework. But, you know, hey, whatever. You got to do your scout. And I was like, hey, I don't know who this kid is. But every time I play against him, he's raking. And then you do your homework. He's like, no, he's supposed to be the real deal. So Nolan Gorman, I'm interested to see how he does at the big league. Big league. Big league level it's a lot of l's in there okay wander franco is the last star 
on the rise. Everybody's heard of this kid if you're in the baseball community. If not, keep an eye out as a potential future superstar. Last year, he had 300 plate appearances and about half a season. Batted 288. His on-base percentage was 347. He had seven home runs, 18 doubles, five triples, and he drove in 39 runs. He's going to be starting from day one this year. I could see this kid being like a 300 batter, 25 home runs, 100 RBIs this season. So keep an eye out. I haven't seen him as much as I would like to. Tampa Bay, not the most accessible team unless they're playing nationally televised games. That being said, he has a little, you know, I'll say Robinson Cano kind of thing going on. I, I don't know if that's an accurate comparison here. Let me let me uh, fact check one thing. But so Wander Franco is definitely a name if you're a baseball fan. I would keep an eye on. He seems like a kind of the next potential big thing at the plate at least as far as like you step up day one and you perform it says a lot let's see is he uh, is he a left-handed hitter oh he's a switch hitter but i was i've seen him hit lefty and it just reminded me of canola that's why i had to fact check that wander franco is a switch hitter i can't compare him directly to cano but hey maybe that kind of a talent 510 190 one of those guys just flat out knows how to hit not the biggest dude maybe not the strongest but knows what the hell he's doing up there okay I'll run through the list one more time. We'll move it along from the MLB. I started out grilling them, and we're going to go back to the cooking the NFL in a second. But Adley Rushman, O'Neill Cruz, Nate Pearson, Nolan Gorman, and Wander Franco, five names in the MLB to watch in 2022 to break out as stars. All right. So I already said Chef JD's in the house today grilling, and we're about to turn up the temperature a little. The NFL what a sellout, terrible money grab move they did recently. So the NFL just made Thursday Night Football exclusively on Amazon Prime. We'll say that one more time. Thursday Night Football is now exclusively on NFL on Amazon Prime. So it was already tough when it was on NFL Network, sometimes hard to get to the games. Now, if you want to watch Thursday Night Football and you don't have Amazon, you're out of luck. And we're talking just a sellout move by the NFL. I could go on and on, but I'm just so tired of professional sports being put behind a paywall. I'm in Southern California. I've said this before on the show. I can't watch the Angels. I can't watch the Clippers. I can't watch the Lakers in the local market because my cable provider – doesn't have them anymore. They've been switched over. You'd have to do a whole, you know, it's all about exclusive deals and the money. And it's at a certain point, I'm just going to keep it honest, NFL. The one thing that they do a great job at is being accessible. Most of their games are on basic cable. Everybody can watch football. You don't have to have the special streaming. You don't have to sign up for anything. Thursday night football now, you're going to be paying 10 bucks a month to get Amazon. And my bigger problem with it is, what a corporate monopoly kind of move for Amazon here. You literally have to have Amazon Prime now to watch football. That just seems like a weird place to be, where if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would say, oh, maybe Amazon's putting the game on for free or something. You have to be a subscription member to the delivery service and their movie service, and now football fans – you're signing up too. So I, I just feel like it's a, in the bigger picture as far as business goes. Does it make sense? Oh, great 
business move for Amazon, great business move for the NFL. Amazon's going to get new subscribers left and right. All those football fans who previously were like, I would never need Amazon. I don't shop online. You're not missing Thursday night football. Secondly, this is my biggest problem with it. I could figure it out, right? I actually have Amazon Prime. I'm sitting here ranting and raving. My bigger concern, think about maybe the older demographic who technology, I just, you know, just family of my own who love football. If they got to go and bust out the fire stick to watch Thursday, the one game a week, it just seems like such a thorn in the side for football fans. It seems like the one thing the NFL has done a great job at over the years, besides Monday night football, you can have basic cable and watch pretty much every NFL game as far as nationally broadcasting game. I think it's a slippery slope when we have major corporations who aren't even really in the television industry. They're getting into entertainment now. Amazon is. But the point is, what is the NFL making an exclusive deal with somebody who it's such a it's such a rare thing. Like, I can't think of anything to compare it to. It's not like the NFL and YouTube linked up. Like, we've seen that in the past. It's like, hey, YouTube's going to stream the games for free. Great idea. Hey, now it's like, hey, uh, you need some uh, toilet paper delivered? Got the Amazon Prime and the NFL. Come on over. It just it just seems way too mixed in, sellout move for me. I had to grill the NFL. I like I've said that on-field product for the game the last few years has been incredible off the field. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I grilled the MLB a little today, had to grill the NFL. I just think for the people who, if you're not an Amazon subscriber right now, you probably weren't planning on it tomorrow. It's been around for a while now. We all know what Amazon is. You want to have a way for Amazon to jump their numbers real quick, get a bunch of quick subscribers for a few months. It's a quick way to do it. So it, it really is just kind of a sellout money grab by the NFL. If they find a way where Amazon maybe uses this to their advantage to flip the script and go, actually, we're going to allow the games to be free or we're going to allow like a promo during NFL season. You could try Prime for this. Figure something out. Make it accessible to the fans. But for every casual fan to have to put pick up a fire stick or get the smart TV going or grab the laptop just to watch a game. And Thursday night football already is hit or miss. I'm just being real. It's not a smart move business-wise. And one thing that I can add to this, I saw a chart the other day that I thought was pretty interesting. Right now, the NFL is still in the lead as far as fans and viewership and all those things. But if you look right now, for younger audiences – the NBA actually has more viewers right now than the NFL, according to, or more fans, excuse me, according to Statista. Statista, it's a stat website, numbers website. So the NBA is already right there. And now the NFL, the crowd that they do really well with is the ages 25 and up. So I know people, you know, that's more my age group right there and up. I'm 29, and I know enough people who, who would say, I have to do that just to watch the game. Those older fans, the demographic who makes the NFL go, this is, I just think this is a really bad move. Maybe Thursday night football, they got enough money to sell it out and go, the ratings are never that great. Let's take this money and run. I don't know. But it's not something that I cheer for. I might have to boycott it. No, I'm playing. I'll, I'll still tune in. But it's like it's just a pain in the ass. Okay. I'm going to talk one more thing that's a little bit 
I'm going to sit in here ranting and raving, and then I will move into some more positive sports talks for the last 30 minutes of the show. But this news broke this morning, and I couldn't help but turn my head. So, or maybe it broke yesterday, I believe. So this is via Shams Shariani. I hope I said his name right. One of the best journalists in the game as far as the NBA goes. New York City will lift P2NYC vaccine mandate on March 7th, assuming numbers stay on track per Mayor Eric Adams. Okay, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But I'm told the private sector mandate still restricts Kyrie Irving from playing in home games, although he could enter the Barclays Center arena as a spectator. What are we doing here? I mean, it's just getting to the point where what a slap into the face to Kyrie Irving. I mean, it's really getting a little weird. Reports do say this is expected to change by the 13th of March. So there's a couple rumors out there. I don't know if that's the NBA floating stuff out there. I don't know if that's the fans floating stuff out there. But as far as hypocrisy goes, craziness goes, I just can't help but bring that up and shake my head and go, what the heck? You know, what the hell? WTF. I'm trying to keep it PG-13 here. Have a, It's a Monday morning. Not rant too hard. Start cursing. But my goodness. It's one thing if you're not going to let the guy play. But to say, hey, you could sit on the bench. You just can't play, buddy. Whoa. We're entering a territory where my biggest takeaway from that, and Mayor Eric Adams might have a lot of stuff he's trying to get pushed through, and it's not just him. I have very little knowledge of the New York City political landscape. But leaders got to lead. And if you're going to come out and make the statement that he could enter the arena, but he can't play, something's not adding up. Now, like I said, there was a couple reports that came out and said, hopefully they change that soon. They're kind of readdressing that. And maybe it kind of was one of those things they didn't directly mean to do that at Kyrie. It just kind of, that's the way it was written. I don't know. But when you put that out there, after everything that's gone on, and this guy hasn't been able to play all year, it just makes you turn your head. And as a sports journalist, as somebody who loves sports, between what I talked about today with the MLB and all their scandals, the NFL now kind of selling out Thursday night football, and now the NBA still dealing with this odd situation in New York where now Adam Silver has backed it up. But it puts in perspective, there are so many layers to professional sports. That's why I have so much respect for the athletes who have to, in the modern era, put up with a lot. I'm not going to sit here and lie. If you're playing in the old days when it was strictly about the games, there was a lot of tough times. There was different things athletes dealt with then. A lot more grueling travel less money, all kinds of stuff. But today, the media in your face and the hypocrisy by these leagues and the big business moves, it does take away a little bit from the purity of sports. That's why on my Instagram, I run the hashtag why we love sports, trying to remind the world like, hey, sports are supposed to be a fun game that brings people together, changes lives, uh, gives people opportunities, whatever you want to say. But when we're sitting here talking about a guy like Kyrie Irving can't play, but he can go sit in the arena and watch because of a vaccine mandate, regardless of the politics around that, that's a whole nother story. It just starts to make you go, this is some hypocrisy. What are we doing? The NFL sells out Thursday night football. What are we doing? The MLB, what are we doing? Now, hopefully, 
the ball gets rolling soon. Everybody gets their issues figured out. The Thursday night one football one, I don't know how they're going to figure that one out. But let's just move along to some more positive NBA talk. We are going to keep it going with a little NBA, talk a little bit, a couple other things, and then we'll wrap this show up around 8 o'clock, maybe a couple minutes sooner. You know, the grill was going today. It's a little, it's a little hot here, you know. Had to get the grill going, turn up the temperature. NBA, MLB, NFL. Still got a lot of love as a fan, but as a sports journalist, as an objective viewer, let's get it together. Remember the the little guy, you know, not everybody's sitting there with big money, just ready to drop money on every TV package and this and that left and right. And that's a story for another time. I will try to, I'm trying to do more homework on the issue with exclusive TV deals in local areas because there's, I keep bringing this up online. I get a lot of people speaking out, having issues with this where they can't see their local teams. It's a shame. Okay. So Kendrick Perkins of ESPN, former championship center with the Boston Celtics, he went out and said after Kyrie Irving's performance the other night against the Bucks, he is one of the top five skilled players of all time. So Kendrick Perkins, NBA vet, knows his stuff. I respect his opinion. He's kind of one of those guys whose people aren't familiar with him. He likes to he, he has fun with it. He's, he throws stuff out there. He might not always be sitting there doing all the homework. He's just kind of like an old school, let's talk some sports. I love that. Whatever. I, I do respect the guy's attitude, regardless of sometimes he says shit that makes you turn your head really quick. But that's that's kind of what we're doing when we're here talking into microphones. You know, I, I do it to myself all the time. Okay. I say that because a lot of people like to grill him online. It's kind of, you know, whatever. We're all trying to make it. So here's the thing. When you say he's a top five skilled player all time, I'm going to say the players I put above Kyrie skill-wise without any doubts, and then you could go from there. But this is why I wouldn't say he's top five. Steph Curry, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, Larry Bird. Watch some vintage Bird highlights. There was some serious skill in there. Chris Paul and Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons legend. There could be a couple other guys that are close. If you wanted to say Kyrie's a top 10 pure skilled player we've seen, I think his game thrives in the modern era. I think it does a lot of help that he's not playing in a more physical era. I do wonder if he was playing in the 90s, if he'd get away with some of the moves he does. He has a lot of slick ball handling, but when people were hand-checking, very different time. Pure skill-wise, I'd say he, if you told me Kyrie's a top 15 skill-wise guy, I would definitely probably agree. And if you told me top 20, I would start thinking maybe even higher. So I'm not saying he's not an all-time skill talent. He's not an all-time talent at the point guard position. But we're talking pure skill. I got to put a couple of other guys up there that I mentioned, and I had to just kind of discuss that. Because when you think of guys like LeBron and MJ, they could do it all on both sides of the ball. Kyrie, offensively, Great score, great handles, one of the best straight up looking, making the basketball look like a yo-yo out there. Just crazy handles. I don't know. I just I don't know if that's something the analogy people use, but it just felt right. I don't know. He's got crazy ball handling skills, crazy point guard skills. But if we're talking pure passer, I'd say LeBron's a little better. We're talking pure score, LeBron's definitely better. We're talking pure shooter. Kyrie's better off the dribble. See, it's like there's a lot of elements. I'd say he's a top 15 guy. I won't go on about this all day. I do have uh, 
a respect for Kyrie Irving and his ability to stand up for what he believes in, regardless if people think it's wrong or right. That's kind of what it's all about, that uh, using your platform for those reasons. And, hey, you know, he's a great basketball player. So I'm just saying, like, I like Kyrie. Great player. Top five skill-wise all time. I get the I get the narrative. I get what Kendrick Perkins is saying. If you wanted to say he's a top five one-on-one player of all time, top five break his defender down and get his open look guys all time. He has his moments where when he's feeling it, he's damn near unguardable, but skill it's a, it's a, it's such a broad word in a perfect world. I was thinking how great would it be to reach out to that dude and actually have Kendrick Perkins, a guy like that come on the show to talk NBA because it's, it's a conversation like skill is a very broad term he might have been talking about a specific skill set that in a tweet you can't really explain i just wanted to get into that a little so we'll keep it nba themed we got about 20 minutes left in the show probably a little bit less gonna talk a little nba we got one more nfl thing for the day so it's hard to believe luca luca Doncic, nba star just turned 23 years old he's been around this is his fourth year already it feels like the guy's kind of a vet but with him being 23, it kind of made me wonder, kind of who's the next generation of NBA stars? So I looked up who are the best players 23 and under in the NBA today. I'm just going to run through the list super quick, nothing crazy. But it's kind of worth mentioning for those who may be more casual NBA fan. I know a lot of people have told me recently it's hard to keep up with the NBA. MLB kind of similar where there's so much movement within the teams and so many young players kind of – jumping onto the scene that it's it's a little bit different than it used to be and i understand that totally so here we go luca Doncic, obviously on the list lamella ball anthony edwards shay gilgis alexander over in oklahoma city a guy who doesn't get on tv much oklahoma city doesn't get a lot of love that dude's a future all-star he's a very skilled player we might be talking about in 10 years as a guy who I'm not talking all time, but he's a very skilled basketball player with all-star potential and a lot of talent. John Morant, no doubt about it. He might be the second best player. He, he, Him and Luca are actually pretty close right now as far as the best players on this list. I'm not saying Morant has passed him, but when he's in his rhythm, feeling it, he's right there. He's right there. It's a different kind of style, but he's, he's very close. Trey Young. Definitely right there, 23 years old. Dude's definitely another guy where you go, wow, he's only 23. Game's still growing, star potential. I've always thought he has a lot of like Steve Nash in his game. He gets a lot of Curry comparisons. So down the road, we're going to see Trey Young as a perennial all-star for the rest of his career. DeAndre Ayton, definitely a guy who has his kind of ups and downs. But when he is in that zone on the zone TV, or excuse me, the zone with JD, forgot the new name, whatever. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's a guy when he's motivated, he reminds me a little bit of a Patrick Ewing. Like, he's a special talent. It just seems like he has moments he turns it on. Like, he's a guy who in the playoffs, you know, he's gonna turn it up. Game number 43 of the regular season, Booker and Chris Paul are killing it. Yeah, I'll get my 10 and 12. You know, he's a, he's a great young player, though. Got three more guys on the list. We'll move it on. Darius Garland made the all-star team with Cleveland this year. Young point guard. A lot of guys, people aren't familiar with him. A lot of guys um, in the league give him a lot of credit. Draymond Green, I always bring up, said he was one of the toughest guys to guard last year. So that kind of caught my attention. I've really kind of kept an eye on him after that. Kid's a real deal. 
he's a great athlete and not even that he's just a great scorer so he reminds me a little bit of a I don't I don't know how to make this comparison. CJ McCollum is on the Pelicans. He reminds me a little bit of a McCollum type of scoring ability. He's a, he's a quicker player. He's a better passer, I think. But he's, he's just a pure shooter. He can finish around the rim. Darius Garland has the shooter's touch. He's got a bright future. Tyler Hero had a great finals a couple years ago. He's still finding that balance at times, but he probably is going to win six man of the year. Tyler Hero, the Miami Heat, keep an eye out for that kid. He's another guy who will be an all-star eventually. And once he is, he'll probably be one for a long time. Evan Mobley, last guy on the list. And there's some people I didn't mention. Evan Mobley is a kid. When he came out in this draft, I said, I think he has the potential to be the best player in the draft. He reminds me of like an Anthony Davis or a Giannis type of player down the road. I don't know if he's that kind of an athlete. But as far as the talent goes, at seven feet tall and the way he runs the floor, he's going to be a special player for a long time. Evan Mobley, a guy to keep an eye on. All right. So had one more NBA thing to do. I was going to do my list of best center and shooting guard duos since 2000. But I think I'm going to give this one one more week. Embiid and Harden, for anybody who hasn't been watching the NBA, James Harden, Joel Embiid paired up for the Philadelphia 76ers. They've been putting on a master class a pick and roll, get at the free throw line. They look like an all-time potential duo. Now, that being said, it's only been a few games. So I'll save this list because I have ranked pretty high of my best center and shooting guard duo since 2000. But we'll give it another couple days to let it brew and make sure that they don't uh, hit some bumps in the road and then I'm regretting that because I jumped the gun too quick. And we haven't talked to any uh, – NFL on a positive note today. I just grilled them. So I do want to talk one NFL thing I thought was interesting. And then we'll wrap up the show. Quick show today. Thank you for everybody watching live on No Filter Network. It's always much appreciated. Anybody watching or listening later, thank you so much. Make sure you're following the zone sports underscore on Instagram. Figured I plug it in there. I don't do it much. But almost at 300 followers. We keep it organic. Not out there running all these promos and crazy ads or nothing, but Organic followers. That's what it's all about. People who are actually engaged, care. It's like there's a, you know, balance to it all. I don't really, you know, you don't need a million followers if nobody really cares. All right. That's story for another time. Although I would take a million followers, I guess, whatever. That's the, the, the day and age of social media. Okay. Moving along. Thank you to everybody for checking out the show. It's always appreciated. Thank you to No Filter Network for the platform. Monday morning. Big, grateful, a lot going on in the world, trying to focus on the good. I already, like I said, grilled MLB, grilled NFL, grilled NBA. Let's talk one positive NFL story because we talked some positive NBA and some positive MLB, and then we'll wrap it up. So Christian McCaffrey, there's a report. He's possibly on the move. Carolina Panthers star, one of the best young running backs in the league who unfortunately has had quite a bit of a history of injuries at this point. So there is reports, though, that he's going to be on the move, most likely leaving Carolina. At least that is rumored, right? I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. That being said, I think the team that should make a run at him, the Denver Broncos. You look at McCaffrey, you look at his style of play. He's a guy who you know what you're going to get when he's healthy. He can get you 75 catches. Over 1,000 yards rushing. It's going to put up close to 10, 12 touchdowns total, maybe more. 
I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a win healthy could be a star player. Now here's the problem. The last few years, he hasn't seen the field as much as he should. And the Broncos right now, they have a young running back. I want to fact check his name before I go out here and say it. I believe it's Javante Williams. I can't remember if that's his last name. But they got a young running back who, that's not his name. So we blew that one today. But it's okay. We make mistakes. Anyways, so I'm going to look the Broncos running back. Running back. Oh, Javante Williams. Come on now. NFL reference, football reference. I was right. Okay. Javante Williams, though. Had a really good year last year. Kind of one of those guys who came out of nowhere. He rushed for 900 yards, four touchdowns. He was a rookie. Uh, let's see. Was he drafted? Second round pick. So, okay. Potential's there. You don't take a second round running back unless you really see something in him nowadays. Maybe you move Williams and some picks for McCaffrey. You bring back a guy like McCaffrey and you pair him with Melvin Gordon. And all of a sudden, two guys who have a history of maybe having trouble with injuries from time to time play off one another, stay healthy, use him as a one two punch. I think. McCaffrey and Gordon would be great. And his dad was kind of a Broncos legend, helped him win some championships. So just feels like a right move. The two other moves that interested me a little. So the Rams, is this a move that they could pull off with their current cap situation and picks? Probably not. But they have a history of making superstars fit and finding them at, at the right price. It makes you wonder if, they could, because of his injury history, get him for the right price and then utilize him in a smaller role to help kind of salvage his career. Because we've seen it time and time again in the NFL. Sometimes guys, once they have that injury track record, it's hard to get right. So I would like to see a guy like C-Mac move on and go to a team where he could actually, doesn't have the wear and tear of being like a, just an old school 30 carry. You know, the Panthers just really haven't had much. He's been the guy, so... It's been a lot on his shoulders. Need some help. The last team I'll mention, it's kind of an interesting one, the New York Jets. I'm sure they have some picks. I'm sure they have some pieces to move. And Zach Wilson, if you really want to give that kid a chance, if you really want to let him have any potential in the NFL uh, of being a star, Zach Wilson needs some help. So maybe Christian McCaffrey over to New York, line him up next to Zach Wilson, give them kind of a guy who – like I just said, you kind of want to see him go somewhere where he's not the only person to lean on. That being said, they need that guy in New York they can kind of count on. Maybe that's a good fit. I just think Zach Wilson's going to need a lot of help. Of course, I will say this. This is the kind of player anywhere is a good fit. I'm thinking, though, for the player himself, what makes the most sense? I do think the Broncos would be my ideal fit or a contender like the Rams who have plenty of other weapons to take some pressure off this guy so we don't see him be another player who just could never get healthy at the right time because the talent was always there but it, it reminds me a little of andrew luck or something where it just it never really lined up all right i'm i was thinking if there's anything else to cover today i think we're gonna wrap it up there thank you so much to everybody watching live on no filter network the zone with jd your boy jd dugan I'm out. Thank you so much. It was a good show. Like I said, I had to kind of crank the grill up, grill a couple sports leagues, let them know what it is. That's a new one. I don't know where I got this crank the grill up metaphor, though, but hey, I'm just feeling it. And it's just to put in perspective, if you really love sports, sports journalists, sports fans, whatever, you know, 
we got to speak up when things aren't right. And at the, it's at the point where the games that growing up, you love them as a kid, whether it's you're playing them or your friends are playing them or whatever, there's something about sports. There's a magic to it special. When we start turning it into a dirty business, it's just another thing that you kind of have a hard time fully appreciating. And I'm not saying we're at that point yet. A lot of respect for all the athletes out there. A lot of respect for the coaches who always don't get enough credit. A lot of people who are in the right place of mind have the right intentions. But if you're a big business owner, owner of these teams, want this lockout because you don't want to pay the money and you want to save a little bit on taxes, whatever it may be, let's get the priorities in line. And if you're strictly in it for the money, I hope you sell your team. But if you're in it for the right reasons and you love sports, why don't you, you know, these owners and those people, why don't you sit down and try to remember why you fell in love with the game? Go put some film on of that team you watched growing up that said, wow, I love football or I love baseball. I can't imagine spring without baseball. Yeah, go sell your team if you don't have that feeling in the gut when you watch the game and you were like, wow, this takes me back nostalgia because you're, you're in it for the wrong reasons. You're there for the money. And that's the problem. So it's not the athletes. It's not the coaches. It's not the game itself. It's the big business aspect. that's kind of trickled in sponsorship money, TV money. It's just, it's a new era. It's a blessing and a curse because the athletes are getting paid more than ever because of all that. At the same time, it starts to show when you see more and more greed coming in from owners and leagues and everything else, agents, whatever it may be. Okay, everyone, it's Monday. Be grateful for all you got. I don't mean to sit here and rant and rave, but it's an interesting time to be a sports fan. Definitely, uh, I'm curious to see in 25 years where professional sports have gone from a financial standpoint, from a marketing standpoint. Like, what is next? Is everything going to be behind a paywall one day? It's going to be the M- – you just get the NBA pa- package. You get this package, get that package. They don't even have it on ESPN. I don't know. The future's interesting. I'm just trying to stay up to date with it as a sports journalist, talk about it, think about it. And as a fan of the game. Okay, everyone. Enjoy your week. Friday, I'll be back on the Rico and JD show. 9.30 a.m. here on No Filter Network. Peace out, y'all. Have a good one.